You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, please like and subscribe. I'm really delighted to be joined by Mandy Reid of the Women's Equality Party, the leader of the Women's Equality Party. Now, many of you, unless you've been living under a rock, will be aware of a big scandal that enveloped the royal family. Um, the Queen Consort, uh, Camilla Parker-Bowles, held a reception at uh, Buckingham Palace focusing on working to end violence against women and girls. Very, very important indeed, of course. And uh, Mandy Reid was there uh, alongside uh, Ngozi Falani. Now, Mandy, this, a lot of people have heard about this. Firstly, mm. just tell us a bit about Ngozi, like what she does, and um, and and then I'll ask, you know, I'll ask what yeah, happens. Yeah, sure. Ngozi's an amazing woman. Um, she is a long-standing activist, campaigner, but also runs this this charity, this organization called Sister Space, which um, focuses on domestic abuse victims, victims of sexual violence from uh, an African heritage background. Um, so it's specialist. Um, it's really needed because a lot of the generic services out there mm-hmm. aren't as equipped as they should be to deal with the particular um, you know, experiences and considerations that group uh, require. And yeah, she's just a powerhouse of a woman who works so hard day in, day out to um, you know, make a real, real difference for women and girls across London. Now, at this event, mm. um, so late, Lady Susan Hussey, Lady Hussey, <laughs> yeah. who was the lady-in-waiting to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, now, she approached you both. What, tell us exactly what happened. It was extraordinary, Owen. Um, we, myself, Ngozi and another woman um, had arrived in the main reception room where this gathering was taking place. And within 10 minutes, um, Lady Susan um, approached us and said hello, zoomed in on Ngozi and asked her uh, where she was from. Ngozi said Sister Space because that's the organization she mm-hmm. leads and is representing at the event. Um, but what followed was something that can only really be described as an inquisition or an interrogation. Um, Lady Hussey persisted. She said, no, um, what I mean is where do you come from? Um, and Gozi said, Hackney. That wasn't a good enough answer. Um, where do you really come from? And Gozi said, uh, you know, East London. She, she, she was a little bit kind of baffled as to the persistence. That wasn't a good enough answer. She inquired about her nationality and it really, it was, it was question after question after question, um, a refusal to accept Ngozi's answers, particularly when Ngozi said, I am British, I was born here, I've never lived anywhere else. No, at that point, uh, Lady Hussey said, I can see it's going to be a real challenge uh, uh, getting, getting clear from you where you actually come from. Um, and it was prolonged, it went on for minutes. It wasn't a fleeting a couple of seconds. It went on for minutes. And by the end of it, I mean, we were literally dumbfounded, um, gobsmacked. And me and Ngozi aren't like that. We're 
upbeat people, we're talkative people, but we were stunned to silence and it tainted the whole thing. Um, the atmosphere shifted for us. Ngozi wanted to go home at that point. Um, and uh, Lady Susan seemed to be entirely oblivious, felt entitled to the information she was demanding. Um, and yeah, the, the vibe was really, really bad. Yeah, and, and it's so important that you just explained in detail because I think a lot of people have tried to gaslight you after this event mm. into, oh, just asking where people are from. You know, this is unquestionably racist behavior. Um, and anyone who doesn't see that, I think, has a problem. 100%. 100%. Um, I mean, we are going to, I want to ask you know, about the broader kind of context of all this, but mm. let's just be blunt about this. Lady Susan Hussey has worked at the heart of the monarchy for a very long time. That's right. Like decades. When we've, we've heard in terms of the treatment of Meghan Markle and accusations that have been made, including a senior royal, for example, in interrogating uh, them about the colour of the skin of their perspective on their own child. Yeah. Um, what I suppose I would ask is, I doubt, Lady Hussey, this is just some one-off, like some massive deviation from her personality. And when people speak like that, it's generally because they haven't been checked, like they haven't mm -hmm. in the past. Because what will happen when we learn and grow, it's often because people around us go, oh, you can't, you shouldn't say that. And this is why it's wrong to say that. Yeah. Well, that hasn't happened with her. No. And, and I think it's really important to be clear about Lady Susan Hussey. Sure, she's an 82-year-old woman, but she's um, worked um, within the royal household for 60 years. And I think that means she's probably a pretty good barometer of the culture within that institution, of the norms within that institution. Um, and for her, she saw absolutely nothing wrong with um, speaking to us in the way that she did. You can be damn sure that if we were white women, there's no chance of us being on the receiving end of a probing kind of inquisition like that. And um, I think a lot of people have said, no, but she's from a different era and you got to give her some latitude because of that. You know, the life she's led, she's probably traveled to more countries than I have, than you have, than both of us combined. She's been at the Queen's side for several decades. So she has been exposed um, to changing times, um, as well as many different cultures and environments. And, and, and I actually think it's a bit demeaning and, and, and smacks of ageism when people say an 82-year-old can't be responsible for their conduct, yeah. especially an 82-year-old who is as steeped in this very privileged institution as she is. So, yeah, um, there has been a bit of pushback on that, but I think it's completely baseless. In terms of just the monarchy as an institution, I think maybe wouldn't some just go, well, look, the monarchy is, look at its history, look at its relationship with colonialism. <laughs> is the issue just on a systemic level? So my camera's shaking there because my cats are marauding around me. I so think that's lovely. <laughs> hopefully they won't throw the camera over, which they have done on live television once. Um, um, so in terms of, yeah, isn't I mean, do you not think partly, isn't this just kind of revealing that the monarchy is just an, in, some would say, an inherently racist institution. I mean, that's quite, people regard that as an inflammatory thing to say. I, think it, I, I mean, I think it, it definitely um, paints that picture. Uh, you have the, the, what we experienced on Tuesday 
you stitch that together with what you've already touched on, um, the uh, reports from Prince Harry and Meghan about their experiences, um, experiences that brought her to the brink of suicide. Mm -hmm. And the casualness of the encounter for me is something, you know, the encounter we had the, uh, between, that I witnessed between Ngozi and Lady Hussey, the casualness of it, I think, is a sign that you are talking about an institution in which these dynamics are normalized, mm. in which um, the kind of status hierarchy between people of color, um, the white aristocratic, um, I don't know, true born, whatever you want to call them, um, really, really persists. It, we shouldn't be surprised by it. You're talking about an institution that um, a owes a lot of its success to a heritage of slavery, empire, colonialism, inequality is baked into the fabric of that, of that institution. Um, but Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The way the palace responded, I think, is really intriguing. Um, they did respond super quickly, right? And I think they perhaps did that because a few things are happening. There's William and Kate who are in the States, so there's profile there. There's the Netflix thing coming out um, next week, and so they're probably feeling a little bit more, yeah. more sensitive. Um, they obviously pushed a Lady Hussey to resign, um, uh, but my issue with that is it minimizes um, what actually has taken place. It's like we've seen in the Metropolitan Police, for example. We yeah. do a lot of campaigning in that yeah. space where what they try and do is create a bad apple narrative. Yeah. Create narratives that say this is an isolated incident, but don't worry, this person has been moved out of the way, nothing to see here, job done. And yeah. I think we see that, you know, there's the Metropolitan Police, there's um, the fire brigade, there's mm -hmm. Parliament itself, there's mm -hmm. um, the two major political parties that have... Mm -hmm also issues um, related to institutional misogyny, institutional racism, that mm. they've been very, very, very reluctant to tackle. And this, for me, um, is just entirely consistent with that pattern we see in so many different areas of our society at the moment. I mean, just that was, you know, what I wanted to, the other thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of mm. the wider context, like the experience, yeah. the lived experience of people of colour in Britain. Yeah. And... You know, this is an example, obviously, of, you know, someone in the royal court. Sure. Uh, but just tell me, what do you think this, you know, because obviously we can talk about when we have about the monarchy and the nature of it as an institution. 
But in terms of British society, you know, there'll be some who, you know, who get very angry. The idea of Britain is a racist society. How dare you? And, you know, they, they get more angry about accusations of racism than racism. But what do you think this, you know, what's the wider point about race in modern Britain and, 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 and racism where, in terms yeah. of where things are at in 2022? I feel like when you, when you do Zoom out, right, and um, if you look at our national discourse, uh, and the way it's kind of evolved over the last few years, it feels like we're regressing, I actually think. Um, you know, there was the Sewell report last year which said institutional racism doesn't exist. It's a figment of all of our imaginations. This week, on actually, you know, the day this story broke, the Buckingham Palace story that we're talking about broke, you had Nigel Farage popping up, um, decrying the latest... Um, um, census data, which um, he claimed uh, told the country the terrible, tragic story that London, Manchester and Birmingham are now um, minority white cities. First of all, that was incorrect. Yeah, yeah. But what's so interesting about that was the data point he used was white British. So when he was tallying up the scenario in London, he wasn't counting me yeah. in that. Mm -hmm. I'm British, but he wouldn't have counted me in mm -hmm. his, um, you know, doom and gloom forecasts, I guess, mm -hmm. whistle, you know, dog whistling to his far right cronies. And so you see, Ngozi's Britishness was challenged mm -hmm. by a member of the royal court. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a politician who gets disproportionate airtime popping up in the same week with the story he wants to tell about how um, white British people in our major cities are an endangered species. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of us, brown, black British people, um, we don't count. And so mm -hmm. I think, and that's just so normal now. You're seeing that more and more. Um, it dismays me how the um, main sort of political wrangling we're seeing in this country around immigration has lurched massively to the right mm -hmm. in all of the mainstream um, uh, political parties mm -hmm. and I think when you, you stitch all those things together we it, it, it does matter that this encounter happened it does matter that Ngozi effectively decided to whistleblow it mm -hmm. and I think what we have to use it, this moment we have to use this moment as an opportunity to have these really really difficult conversations about our institutions how racism manifests misogyny is also alongside racism they travel together in so mm -hmm. many of these mm -hmm. institutions mm -hmm. and i think we got to be brave those of us who are squeezed struggling on the left side of the political spectrum i think we've got to use these opportunities to force that conversation to happen i mean finally you've kind of partly answered that but you know what would you like the kind of you know the legacy of you of, of this really you know distressing incident if we're going to be honest about it what would you like? Because obviously it's caused a huge storm, huge amounts of media conversation, discussion, not, not all of it very constructive and helpful. I found one of the worst ones in The Spectator suggesting that how could Lady Hussey possibly be racist because she went out with someone with one leg? I'm not joking. I mean, people might think I'm exaggerating there, but that was... You're not exaggerating. That was Petronella Wyatt, uh, Boris's yeah. ex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fascinating, yeah. fascinating contribution to the discussion I found. Yeah. Um, yeah. God. What would you like? What would you like? Kind of, you know, this is kind of, you know, because you often look through history, there are these big moments which then, you know, kind of 
trigger conversations and they're seen as quite influential in, in, in helping to shift discourse. So what would you like this to achieve? There's a few things. Um, I hope this emboldens other whistleblowers in all sorts of scenarios, settings, institutions. It felt pretty exposing. I'm not going to lie, you know, to stand up and effectively, um, you know, yeah, whistleblow on the firm. And Ngozi in particular has been on the receiving end of um, quite a lot of backlash for that. However, what has also happened is they, the, the, the palace, the monarchy are on the back foot and have to engage, um, have to acknowledge. They've reached out to Ngozi today, finally, and I don't know what that's going to mean in practice. Um, but I think there's that. So whistleblowers, please find the courage, find the support you need, do it. Because at the moment, um, a discourse is taking hold that tries to minimize, deny, and deflect that yeah. these problems really exist. Um, and I think um, uh, I want back on the table this idea that racism, misogyny, homophobia manifests in institutional ways. And those in leadership of those institutions have a responsibility and a duty. And I hope an incident like this makes them feel a pressure to actually do something about it rather than, you know, people have said about Lady Susan Hussey, oh, don't you feel bad? This You've ruined this woman's um, life. I'm like, no, 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 no. We didn't say she should resign. We didn't do that. The palace are the ones who have effectively thrown her under the bus. They could have taken responsibility for this, um, for what happened in a much more holistic way. Mm -hmm. And I want that to become the template. I want the template for how we deal with these things to include believing people who come forward, accepting um, that these things are very rarely, if ever, isolated incidents and are usually symptomatic of a pattern, a culture, a set of norms that's deeply damaging to people of color, women, other marginalized groups. Um, and I think if this, if this, if this episode achieves that, um, I'll look back and I, I, I will, I mean, I don't regret um, that we, we stood up and called it out, but I'd love to see some of those things flow from the fact that this has happened. And nor should you regret it. I have to say, I think it does take huge amounts of courage, not least, you know, as we know in, in political life, when women, particularly women of colour, speak out, particularly in issues to do with race, you yeah. get some of the worst, most vicious elements in British society climb out the woodwork and, and, and yeah. go for so, you know, it, you know, it takes a huge amount of courage and it is the monarchy we're talking about. You know, it, it was hugely courageous, I think, on, on both your parts. And, you know, hopefully it leads to more conversations like this. So, yeah, I think I'm, I, I, I'm sure all of us watching or listening to this have nothing but admiration and respect for the stand that you took. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much uh, to Mandy Reid, who is, of course, the leader of the Women's Equality Party. Uh, do follow her on Twitter, uh, at Mandu Reid, I suppose. Is that, yeah, M-A-N-D-U-R-E-I-D. Uh, so do follow her. And also for those Women's Equality Party, um, <laughs> also can follow them. Um, please like and subscribe. And thank you so much to Mandy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.